I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. Jesus said, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to John The Way of Nonviolence Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into the sheep. I am not to drink the cup that the Father has given me. So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the chief priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. The soldiers and the police placed their feet on the way of violence the night that they set out to arrest Jesus. They armed themselves with weapons and torches, preparing for a fight. Peter was ready, and he walked the way of violence, brandishing his sword in the torchlight. He did not strike the soldiers, and he did not strike the police. His blow was directed at the high priest himself, and it fell short of its intended target. The high priest's ambassador, the slave named Malchus, would forever carry a disfigurement that was intended for his master. The victims of violence are rarely the rich and the powerful. 
More often, they are people who are in bondage, people who are treated as pawns in our quest for life. How many refugees have we created by protecting our own interests on foreign soil? How many veterans have we discarded after their usefulness to us has expired? Who needs to stay poor so that we can enjoy comfort and security in life? Who needs to lose so we can win? The way of violence is strewn with many bodies. But Jesus chose another way in the world. He recalled Peter, thereby affirming the sacredness of every human life, even affirming the sacredness of his enemies' lives. He walked the way of nonviolence a way that respected God's image in every human being and exposed our callous disregard for life. For that, we crucified him. The Way of Integrity Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside of the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas said to him, Send him, to, send him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again Peter denied it. And at that moment the cock crowed. Two men followed Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. One was true to himself. The other wore a mask. One was friends with the high priest. The other had assaulted the high priest's ambassador. One was a known disciple of Jesus. The other fervently denied any connection. By the time the rooster crowed, Peter the play actor, would stand thrice condemned by his hypocrisy. 
when the college admission scandal made headlines. I was shocked that actors and actresses could be be so different from the characters that they played on TV. Such hypocrisy can also be true of spiritual people whose holy veneer covers the sinful rot underneath. The high priest grilled Jesus looking for the rot under his messianic veneer. But it seems that he saw none. Jesus replied, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. In other words, Jesus' inner life and his public life existed in perfect harmony. The way of integrity makes the broken whole, creating agreement between who we are and the part we play. Jesus walked the way of integrity, a way that exposed our hypocrisy. For that, we crucified him. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you, do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was abandoned. What is truth? Pilate's question was aimed at the core of Jesus' identity. Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. But what is truth? 
Is it not in the eye of the beholder, much like beauty is? Is not truth relative from a human point of view? Jesus and his disciples spoke truth, saying that Jesus was an agent of God's imminent reign. The people of Judea and the chief priests spoke their truth, saying that Jesus was a dangerous revolutionary. Pilate spoke his truth, saying that Jesus did not pose a serious threat to Roman rule and had done nothing to warrant death. Truth is relative from a human point of view. A recent article on NPR captured how the relativity of truth has affected so many people in their closest relationships. Lawyer Cheryl Hume and her right-wing son-in-law spar and feud about policies, conspiracy theories, and facts over Facebook. Patricia Price stormed out of the room after clashing with her wife over Brett Kavanaugh's testimony at his televised hearing. Lorraine Bank and one of her daughters are no longer on speaking terms after a thousand little barbs turned into a wound and a fight that no one could heal. Mexican-American Danielle Richer does not enjoy the closeness with her mother that she wishes she could because their political differences over Trump and his border wall are just too great. Absolute truth, if it exists, must be grounded outside of humanity. Jesus walked the way of truth, claiming something that belongs to God alone. For that, we crucified him. The Way of Humility Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. 
From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. Jesus enjoyed many privileges, a good education, widespread popularity, and a special relationship with God the Father. Yet he lay all of it aside when the soldiers and the police came to arrest him. His disciples were ready to follow him into glorious battle, just as their ancestors had followed King David. But Jesus would not permit it. He allowed himself to be swept along by this turn of events, commending himself to the will of God the Father. Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave. The Jewish king, a slave of the Father's will, God's Messiah, submitting to judgment at the hands of earthly powers, God's anointed, deserving of all glory, laud, and honor, beaten, publicly humiliated, held up as a fool and a laughingstock, as though he were a conquered king, a symbol of Rome's unopposable military might. Yet it's the way he chose. How many of us would choose to follow him in the way of humility? New York business executive Mark Gonsalves had the opportunity and fled, as reported by The Atlantic in 2017. At the time, the New York public schools attempted to redraw their district lines, so the nearly all-white Hamilton-Raffling, high-scoring, opportunity-rich school would integrate with the nearly all-black and Hispanic, poverty-stricken, low-scoring, persistently dangerous school down the road. Gonsalves, like so many other parents, had made many sacrifices to live in the wealthy school district so his kids could enjoy a buffet of opportunities. They fought integration every step of the way, fearing that it would rob their children of coveted opportunities and drive down their property values. Many, including Gonsalves, eventually fled the district, believing that they were protecting their children's future. And while it is true that their children continued to receive the best education that money could buy, it is also true 
that their flight condemned many more children to a bony education that sits on the street corners begging for its daily bread. Jesus walked the way of humility, calling us to surrender the choices our privilege buys us for the sake of the common good. For this, we crucified him. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Of all the methods of execution in the ancient world, Crucifixion was one of the worst. I won't go into detail, but I will say this. The Romans considered crucifixion so barbaric that they outlawed this form of execution for all Roman citizens. Only slaves and the worst criminals were executed in this way. What's more, according to Jewish law in Deuteronomy, anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. Clearly, God must hate someone to allow them to die in such a barbaric way. Death by crucifixion could leave no doubt that this man Jesus, this so-called King of the Jews, was God's enemy. The Messiah we would have is a Messiah who fights, 
A man's man like David who fulfills our expectations for a king. The Messiah we would have is a Messiah who plays the part without the politics. A nice figurehead who makes us feel good and preserves the status quo. The Messiah we would have is a Messiah who supports our version of the truth, making no claims on absolute truth that differ from ours. The Messiah that we would have is the Messiah who is successful by worldly standards, one people would listen to and admire because he has achieved for himself what everyone wants. But Jesus, Jesus was not the Messiah that we would have. For that, we crucified him. The way of the dust. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified. With him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this was testi- has testified so that you also may believe his testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission So he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified. And in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, 
and the tomb was nearby. They laid Jesus there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.